I want to talk about um, We Are Family. And uh, I was going to have that song from the 70s playing from, is it Sister Sledge, the uh, R&B song, We Are Family? But uh, just so I help you remember it, but that's all right. I'm pretty sure you, you will now. But um, We Are Family. And a couple of years, might not have been a couple of years, a couple of zone camps ago, we talked about the family of God. And I don't know if you remembered, we talked about things like the different members in a family, how you got the crazy auntie and the strange strange uncle, there's always the mischievous cousins. I think we had Harry, Hannah and Abby for those. There's the annoying, you know, younger brother. There's a storytelling grand, which was meant to be, um, actually, we ended up having Janet because I think Helen wasn't there that day for that that, that, uh, little uh, workshop. But uh, we're all part of a family, obviously. And um, I guess God puts within us a need to actually be part of something. And so whether we're in the family of God or not, we actually want to fit in. And so there's, whether it's with people that have the same associations as us or people with a common interest or, or even social media, the whole thing with social media is you're connected. So you actually feel you're part of something. And so we all want that feeling of feeling good, feeling secure, feeling included and feeling safe. That's what it creates for us when we're part of something. And so God uses that as well to, to make us feel those very things with him. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I'm just going to read the first four verses quickly. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. And so there's one body, there's one family of God, and whether we like it or not, we're, we're family. That's the way we, we, it is, you know. And um, I guess for the, the new brothers and sisters, I might quote this one. If you go to John 3, well, I quote just a couple of scriptures in, in Romans. But uh, for our new brothers and sisters that have experienced this for themselves, how to be born into the family, we, uh, Pastor Paul read today, I'm just quoting Romans 8, where he read that, uh, Now if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. A little bit further on in that chapter, in verse 15, it talks about that... Uh, We've received the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Father, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so we're adopted into God's family. And as I said, if, if you're new to the fellowship and you've only been coming for a little while, John 3 would have been some of the scriptures you would have heard from someone about joining the family of God. And, you know, we all know it for us that have been here for a while. And I'm, I'll just pick a couple of verses out of it. But uh, you know, in verse 1, there's this man called Nicodemus, goes to Jesus at night, maybe just a little bit aware, you know, that he doesn't want to be seen with Jesus. And uh, he praises Jesus a little bit and says, you know, or he makes a good, he makes actually a good, uh, he, he sees what Jesus is doing and he understands. We know that thou art teacher come from God in verse 2, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So he, he, he put the two and two together that, he, that Christ was from God. And Christ just goes straight into it. Except the man be born again in verse 3, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Of course, Nicodemus doesn't understand that and, um, and you know, naturally thinks, how can someone be born, you know, naturally again? Obviously, it makes no sense. So Jesus explains it, that a man needs to be born of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And we know and we understand that to be the water baptism and to re receive the Holy Spirit. That which, is born, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So he makes the two, that there's being born naturally by the flesh 
and this, you know, there's the spiritual birth. And so that's how we become part of this family. And as I said, for our new brothers and sisters, that's how you've made your steps into the family of God. So whether we like it or not, we're here together. We're God's family. God's here to look after us. And when we come into the world, as you know, we've um, just welcomed the arrival of our little Evelyn, Susanna. She's two and a half weeks old. And um, it was a pretty amazing experience. You know, it was funny because you get all these different advice as you're going through all this sort of stuff. And one lady at work was very wise and she said, just heaps, you're going to get heaps of advice, just smile and nod and do whatever you need to do afterwards. Just, you know, and it's been helpful actually. <laughs> but um, talking to some mums, you know, they, they go through pregnancy, they pop out the kid and, you know, everything's good and there's high fives around, you know, the, the birth, the delivery suite and she's all good. That wasn't quite the same for us and um, ours was more of a cursing Eve situation, um, just of uh, what she did. But... Um, it's funny because um, <laughs> in the Bible, obviously, we, we talk about Bible numerics, and it talks about 40 means tribulation. So you've got 40 days and nights that Noah was out in the water. You've got Moses was on the mount for 40 days um, with the Ten Commandments, getting the Ten Commandments. There was a 40 years in the wilderness. And uh, unfortunately, my wife had a 40-hour labor. And um, it was pretty intense, obviously. It started on a Tuesday at 5 a.m. and didn't come till just uh, past 9 p.m. the next night. But... Um, it's amazing that we, we, you come into this world and, and it's this incredible scenario. Just a few people telling, sort of asking me about it and it's hard to explain, but it's just incredible that God does this amazing miracle where he, look, he just brings, you know, someone into the world. And we we're just talking about it, how the Lord's done so much for us, like whether it be healing or provision or he's changed situations for us. But uh, it sort of pales, that all goes into, you know, pales into insignificance when you know when you get a little a little baby that comes and god's fully formed it it's ready to go it goes from you know a fluid to breathing air in like two seconds you know it wants to eat in 20 seconds from birth like it's just incredible that god's put all this in place and so you know i was just talking with pastor john the other day and he was saying how helpless a newborn human is obviously and the mum needs to look after it and, and the father and there's the you know it's amazing actually this two weeks has been a whirlwind you sort of you sleep you try to sleep the baby change its nappy burp it mum feeds it and it still cries and you're like okay i've gone through all four of those things and we're still not anywhere where it should be but um we'll talk about how animals are a little bit better they uh they go they get born and within a couple of minutes they're up and going especially the ones that are in the you know in affluent savannah like the zebras and stuff because they haven't got time to mess around like if there's if there's a predator close they got to get going so you see in the docos they get like about two two and a half minutes and then then they go off and then and they're off and running praise the lord i guess the lord lord saw it and uh, wasn't going to leave us helpless when we're born again we're we're fully equipped god's put the spirit within us and as we heard today you know we we're we're natural but the holy spirit is within us and we we can conquer everything because god has because fully equipped everything that we need whether we need comfort or strength or ability to overcome or, or you know to be able to forgive someone god's put all that within the holy spirit within us to work those things and it's truly an amazing thing um we'll go over matthew 12 Actually, I was thinking the other day that um, it was such an experience being in, because I obviously was with Annie through the delivery, in the delivery suite for that time and just all that sort of stuff. And um, it went a little bit pear-shaped at the end and we had to get a bit of intervention and um, a bit of prayer. We had, thanks, we had Kezia Riggs with us, actually. She's a student midwife. So when everyone was out of the room, we had a bit of prayer in the spirit, which was good. Um, but I was just thinking, if your teenager is giving you trouble, I reckon that they should be taken to a delivery suite with a mother that's going to give birth to a kid. 
because they'd get a whole new perspective of things and uh, might treat their parents a little bit better. Anyway, that's theory according to Franco. All right, Matthew 12, verse 46. Uh, um, this was read out the other week, but um, just it ties in with how we are family. Jesus Christ, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren, or their bro- you know, brothers and sisters, stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him uh, that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And uh, like I said, whether we like it or not, we're the family of God. We're here, we've received of God's Holy Spirit, and we're brothers and sisters together, and we're going to be spending eternity together, and we're going to be, you know, forever be together with the Lord. And, um, you know, naturally, we can get a lot of help from families. There's obviously the, the benefit of that. That's, you know, pretty obvious, and God's put that in place. And we experienced that in our first few weeks with our little one, that we got a lot of natural help from our family. We, like I said, we didn't have a good start, and he was quite um, unwell the first few days or first week, I guess. And annoyingly, I came down with gastro, which didn't help. Um, but there was a lot of family that come to our aid and they help practically and, and all that sort of thing. But uh, it was about a week in, I reckon, and um, we're sitting on the couch, and Annie just turned to me and she's like, "We need some spiritual fellowship." She's like, "Can you ring up Pastor Laurie and Mary and see if they can come past?" And it was just funny because we just needed some refreshing, really, and uh, it felt so good. Last Sunday was our first meeting back. And although we'd only missed maybe, I don't know, three, three meetings, I'm not sure, four, um, it felt so good to be part of it again and just be in it and be refreshed. And it was just a total different thing to your natural family and the, and the practical help they can get that we're part of God's family and God wants to refresh our soul. And that comes through the Holy Spirit and all the other outlets that we get with the fellowship with one, one another, the testimonies that we hear, the word of God that's, uh, talk, that's preached to us, the word of God that we, we read ourselves. Um, and in Hebrews 10, these are all just common scriptures, but they all tie in about us being family. Hebrews 10, just in verse 22, we just flick over to that. Hebrews 10 verse 22 reads, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And... uh, especially after you have a few hard events in your life and things that you have to overcome. And, you know, that verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering when, when things are battled against you. You need things that satisfy your soul. You need, you, you need your spirit refreshed. And part of that is, is not forsaking our assembling, that we're together, we're spirit-filled people, we're brothers and sisters, we're here as a family of God. We're all different. We've all got different talents and the Lord's design that you know that way so that we can look after each other that we can be there for one another uh, and and have that support and 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 be refreshed in the spirit we'll just uh, go over to first corinthians 12 and we might just sit here for a little bit so this is talking about the body the church the family of god and we're here to look out for one another 
Last year we had, we had a talk about, am I my brother's keeper? And obviously we, we understand what, that we are. And uh, we just pick it up, maybe verse 14, for the body. For this family is not just one member. In a family, you don't just have the dad. That obviously doesn't constitute a family. You have the dad, the mother, the children, you know, the aunts, the uncles, that's the family. It's the same with the body of Christ. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. You know, it just, it's ridiculous. If the dad says, well, I'm, I'm not the mum, so I don't want to be part of this family. It, that logic just seems stupid, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't actually, it's ridiculous. So it's exactly the same here. The foot saying, well, I want to be the hand. Verse 16, if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were the hearing, where were the smelling? So God sets this purposely. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. So the, God has brought us together from all nations, different ages, different social economic, you know, we're all different people with all different, you know, situations in our lives and, and different pasts. But God's brought us together through the Spirit to become one family. Um, we'll just keep reading. And if there were all one, body, uh, one member, where were the body? And now there are many members, but you are one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more these members of the body which seem to be feeble are necessary. And so it's so important to not put down, you know, God wants us to support the body and to, and to encourage it and, and not to take it down. The, Lord, the Lord's dead against that. We'll read it a little bit on, you know, in verse, I will just keep it reading. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, upon these we bestow more abundant honour, and, uh, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to the part which lacketh, that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should, uh, members should have the same care one for another. You know, God doesn't play, you know, favourites. God brings everyone together. We all get the same prize. And the Lord doesn't want us, you know, putting down each other or, you know, thinking we've all, all got better ideas for, for this and that. God wants us to be joined together part of the body. And, uh, you know, if we take the attitude of being, you know, obnoxious or, you know, trying to force our way, the Lord will kick back. And, you know, in an, an Old Testament, you know, scenario where it's very cut and dry, you know, you have, you know, a situation where, you know, Korah comes up against Moses and he, and he challenged his authority. And as he challenged Moses' authority, he's actually challenging God. And God dealt with that situation. So if we push down that line, God will end up dealing with us and it won't be the way we want it to be. But God wants us to come together, to, to look after each other, to be part of, to nourish the body, to, to play that role of the auntie, to play that role of the father. Whatever it is that you're, you're, you're having a relationship with the people in your house meeting, with those at the meeting here, the people you meet with in the week, we, we create all these connections and we're all part of the body and we form all these connections and we, we minister to one another. And, and, we, and they're done in you know, different ways. I was... Um, in Jude, it reads, I'll just quote this one, it says, And some have compassion, making a difference, and others with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by flesh. And uh, I was just recounting a story to a lady down at uh, Lady Bay, actually, earlier, uh, last year, sorry. Um, and uh, I went to Herbray Agricultural High School, uh, among with a few others here. And um, there was this one day, and I can't remember what year I was in, year 9 or 10, but we, we used to have an agricultural subject in lieu of language. And I hated language, so that was perfect for me. So, so for four lessons a week, we had agriculture. And one of them were out on the, the farm area and um, where you got the, the cattle in the, 
in the paddock, and then they have to go through a little run. So there's like the four bars on either side, and they go through the run. Anyway, like I said, I was 14, 15, and I had foolishly put my head under the first run, like to look at the, the cattle. And so there was one of those big, um, I don't even know what type of um, cow it was, but big shaggy one with huge horns. And all I remember was getting the back of my um, collar grabbed and my head smacked on the bar and ripped out. And uh, my teacher, Mrs. Roberts, as it turned out, gave me the biggest hosing down. And um, I was a bit shaken and I had a bit of attitude. So I was just like, what are you doing to me? And because um, and obviously she smacked my head and she just gave me a hosing down of how I just did the wrong thing. And um, it was one of those pulling out the fire, because uh, if that cow had to come through, I would have snapped my back <laughs> on, the, on there. And I was recounting this story to this lady at Lady Bay, and she couldn't believe it, because she got charged by a cow, and she ended up in hospital for quite a while. And uh, it was funny, because at the time, I didn't appreciate what that teacher did at all. Um, I gave her a bit of stick for it, and she gave me a lot of stick. <laughs> and, uh, but I later learned that uh, I learned, you know, that was a, a wise thing that she did. And, but you know, that's an extreme example. But if your natural family or people that you love are going to do something stupid or harmful, you know, there's no doubt you're going to say something, that you're going to mention something, that you're going to pray for them and you're going to talk to them and you, you want to bring them around. And uh, Brother Phil last week talked about, you know, maybe this year that we pray for things that, you know, that are going to help this family, that pray for wisdom and boldness to help one another, to speak the word, to make, you know, that stand to help our brothers and sisters, to do those things which are going to, you know, in the end, they're needful, whether it is a, just a compassionate word that's needed or whether it's like what happened to me, where you're just literally pulling someone out before they kill themselves. We're there to do it. Um, I might just finish in Acts, actually. We'll, we'll do here. I had another bit of talk, but Youngies was very good last night. Actually, my family grew in more ways than little Evelyn two and a half weeks ago. The week before that, I got three chickens, which was cool. So... It turns out I actually gave them some leftover kale. And you know chickens don't like kale either? It's incredible. I just I was like, I was like no one likes kale. Anyway. Um, all right. The family of God, the Bible, the Lord doesn't want as as we read any schism, any any parting and, and different ways. And last night we had a really good youngies, and one of the topic that I got was united, and I end up doing that bit for the last bit of the talk. That in Psalm 133, verse 1. If that's not highlighted in your Bible, you should highlight that one. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. So I guess the first thing is God wants unity. That, that's what he wants. And so that's what he wants in our family, uh, you know, the family of God. And um, it's incredible. In Acts 2, or in Acts 1, we, we read about the 120 that were there praying for the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, I'm not going to read it through, but we, we got it read to us today. But it's incredible what happens when people are united Verse 1, it talks about they were all with one accord in one place. So they're all together in one accord. Sorry, did I not read that right? Acts 2, verse 4. Now, they're all filled with the Holy Ghost as they began to speak with other tongues. So they're all together. In the, the back end of chapter 2, um, you know, verse 41, it talks about those that gladly received the word were baptised. Uh, verse 44, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, did they eat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising and having favour with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such should be saved. And so when the church is united, when the family of God is united, and we put aside any differences and, and all those things, and we look to work together, 
and we look to, you know, work together for the Lord, the Lord works abundantly. It's incredible. And it's, I guess, the unity of God is where it all starts. But last night, we were just talking with the, with the young people just about what brings the unity with us in the church. And of course, we talked about the activities that, that we do together as a family of God, the youngies that we have, the meetings that we have. Camp's a great time for unity because it's a block of time that we, we slice out of our life to, to stay together for a while. Then there's specific things that help us for un- to un- be unified. You know, the chorus session, you know, one little section of the meeting where you could have the hardest week and you could have, you know, you've had problems, you've had, you know, whatever your situation is and whatever problem you have, and it's going to be different to everyone else here. You come here and the first thing you do is sing choruses with your brothers and sisters to the Lord. And all of a sudden you start softening up and all your problems start to be less important and, you, you, you know, you just... And what happens is you're getting ready to hear the word of God. And that's part of our unification. And so we are so blessed. You know, we, last night we had 60 youngies or so at, at the event. And, you know, we're in a blessed position. With, we, we've got a, a big group. We're, we're here at the Vogue with 350-odd saints. And we're part of a, you know, fellowship in Adelaide of 1,500 people odd. You know, every capital city in, Adelaide, in Australia, you know, we can visit. And we can visit a fellowship where our brothers and sisters, our family are there. We can go to country areas. We can go overseas. And it's incredible, you know, we, um, I was just asking a few of the, the brothers and sisters, you know, what they felt when they went to another fellowship outside of, of SA. And uh, most of them had the initial apprehension of actually walking into that meeting. But after that, it was all about, it was all welcomed, it was loved, you know, th- that they're the same as us, you know, that th- you, they were included. And there was this overwhelming thing of being safe. And, you know, you think about if you just go, you know, we've had the privilege to go to Indonesia a few times and, you know, you're going to a place of a different culture, a different religion, speak a different language, don't know anyone, and you go there and you feel safe because they're part of the family of God and they're here and we're working together. And we all know that it all starts with with unity with God first for ourselves. And so if we're unified with God, you know, we've obviously received of his Holy Spirit, but if we continue to you know, I guess our prayer time with God, our talking to the Lord, that if we're unified with God, we'll unify with our brothers and sisters really easily because that just, that just falls into place. If we're having trouble unifying with each other, it's probably because we're actually not unified with God enough that we need to go back a step and, and seek the Lord and, and seek what he wants of us and then the others will just start falling into place. And so it's no coincidence that we read of the church starting in Acts, that the family of God starts, you know, in Acts, it starts with a unified group that, the, you know, they come together and revival just comes from it. And um, I'll just finish up. It, you know, unity is mentioned three times in the Bible as unity. One's that, the one in Psalms and the, one was, the other one was in Ephesians that I read and it's got it twice in there. But we're part of that one spirit, we're one family, one faith, we're one body and, and we're here together. All the people said, Amen.